Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in Olive Drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. Episode 7. Today, you are a soldier. Uh, sort of. Well, the time had finally come. We'd completed all of our training sessions and passed all the required tests. Finally, we were going to move on from our designation as recruits and become soldiers. Real soldiers. Now, there were just a couple of things that had to happen first. Before we could leave what had been our home for two months at Fort Polk, we had to turn in the things that the Army had given us for basic training. The most important of those things was the rifle. And it was important that before you handed the rifle in, you had to make it spotless. The men we handed the cleaned rifles to would check our work. They seemed to have a much better vision than us recruits. I was sure my rifle was spotless when I handed it in. The guy who accepted it from me looked at the rifle, looked down the barrel, then shook his head and handed it back to me. Now, I could not see one speck of dirt on my M16 or in the barrel, but I cleaned it again and I handed it in again. He looked at it, shook his head, and handed it back. So I cleaned it again. Now, this went on several times, and I certainly was not alone. Now, I don't know if these inspectors were on a power trip or if all of us recruits were just terrible rifle cleaners. Finally, they began accepting the rifles, and we were able to move on to the next step. The drill sergeant handed each one of us some paperwork. The document included a list of all the things the Army expected us to have done in basic training. I think they were just covering themselves so that if we got killed in battle, they could say it wasn't their fault because we'd received training on what to do. All we had to do was just sign on the dotted line. A simple task. As I read through the list, however, I realized there were a couple of things on that list that I had not done. For example... The list said that I was to have completed the live fire training exercise. And that's where you crawled on the ground while they fired real bullets over your head. At least I think that's what the live fire training was. I don't really know because I wasn't with my company on the day they did that training exercise. I was on KP, Kitchen Police. Every day, some of the soldiers were pulled out to serve on KP, and when you served on KP, you didn't do the training exercises for that day. So how could I sign a document stating that I had done live fire training when I hadn't done the live fire training? Now, I knew everyone in the company must have had the same struggle I was having. At least I thought they should be having that struggle. But as I looked around, it didn't seem like anyone else was bothered by the situation. They just signed the document and handed it in. But how could I do that? It wasn't true. Finally, I steeled up my nerve and went to the drill sergeant. I explained the situation and told him I couldn't sign the document because it was not true. I actually expected him to yell and scream at me. Drill sergeants did have that reputation. 
Instead, he smiled and said, No problem. Don't sign it and you'll just have to repeat basic training. Then he walked away. Repeat basic training? Two months? Do it over again? Was he serious? I thought about it for a few minutes. Repeat basic training? I signed the document and turned it in. It was now official. I was out of basic. And I was a documented liar. Now, there was one little item that was not part of the regular Army training program. Some of the guys in our company decided we should have a big celebration of our completing basic. So they took donations from everyone to buy several cases of beer. Now, since I wasn't a beer drinker, I persuaded them to get a couple of cases of soda before I gave my contribution to the party. They hid the cases in various places in the barracks. It would be a surprise to our drill sergeants, but we felt a party for us was well deserved. Especially since we learned we wouldn't be having the normal graduation ceremony. In fact, they weren't going to have any graduation ceremony at all. I don't know if it's because most of us were from California and they didn't expect many relatives would make the trip to Fort Polk, Louisiana, or if they had a different reason. Whatever, we would just have a company formation and be given our next assignment. The school where we would get our advanced individual training, AIT, and where we would earn our military occupational specialty, MOS. In fact, it was kind of exciting just thinking about where you might be assigned. We'd taken all kinds of written tests during BASIC, and those supposedly helped them to decide what each of us were most skilled at doing. Would it be infantry? Uh, that's where most of us thought we would be assigned. Would it be the military police? That, that sounded kind of fun. Would it be helicopter pilot training? Now that would be great, but with my eyesight, I knew it wasn't a possibility. Would it be language school? Now my brother had been in the Air Force and was assigned to the Defense Language Institute to learn Chinese, and that sounded fascinating. Of course, my brother was smarter than I was and probably did just a little bit better than me on the tests they gave. Now, I had one friend who didn't have to wonder where he would be sent. He knew from the first day where he was going, West Point, not as a cadet, but as a trumpet player in the West Point band. He'd done an audition for them before going into the army, and they liked what they heard, so they offered him the position. <laughs> Why didn't I learn an instrument? I mean, being at West Point might be fun, but I couldn't play any musical instruments. All I could play was a record player. Uh, a record player. That's one of those things where, well, never mind, if you aren't my age, you wouldn't understand. But finally, the day arrived. We were arranged in company formation and waited to hear the news. No banners, no band, no, well, let's just say it wasn't an impressive setting. The master sergeant stepped forward and he said he heard some distressing news. Uh-oh, what could that be? The master sergeant said he heard that some recruits had decided to hide contraband in the army's barracks. How did he find out about that? He ordered a group of men to go bring the contraband out and stack it in front of the company. It took a while, but eventually several cases of beer were stacked so all of us could see them. Now, whoever did the buying had planned on a very big party. 
I didn't see any cases of soda, so I don't know if they weren't considered contraband or if the guys who took my money couldn't see wasting it on coke. Then the master sergeant ordered that each can be opened and poured out on the ground. It took a while, but eventually the job was done. You could see the disappointment in many of the faces of our group as they watched our party absorbed by the ground. Now, my dad was an alcoholic, so I was used to the smell of alcohol, but I have to admit, I had never smelled anything quite as strong as the company ground that day, and I wondered how long that smell lasted. I also wondered if anyone just got a little buzz walking through our company. But now it was time for the real graduation. Individual names were called out, and they came forward to receive their orders for the next stage in their Army career. Some were happy, some seemed resigned. One by one, they received their orders and headed to the barracks to pack their stuff. More names were called, more orders handed out, and then the Master Sergeant stopped announcing names. There was just one little thing. My name hadn't been called. I walked up to the master sergeant and pointed out that I hadn't received my orders. Perhaps he missed my name when he was reading the list. He looked at me and said, You didn't pass the security check. Security check? What security check? I never heard of a security check. And if there really was a security check, how could I not pass it? What did they do? Did they interview people from my high school years who didn't like me and said something bad about me? Did they ask a neighbor about something I said a decade ago? How could I not pass a security check? I'm me. I'm the most secure person I know. I'm a patriot. I'm honest. Well, except for signing that paper saying I'd received all the required training. I volunteered my draft. I wanted to be in the Army. What do I tell my friends? The country considers me a security risk? The sergeant explained, If you don't pass the security check, you're not allowed to be sent to any other post. Did that mean I was going to spend two years at Fort Polk, Louisiana? How could this be happening to me? What do I do now? I asked. You'll be assigned to temporary duty until the Army figures out what to do with you, the sergeant explained. He said I was going to live in a special barracks while on TDY. The Army even had a name for temporary duty, TDY. So while everyone else headed to the airport or got on buses to head to their advanced individual training assignment, I gathered my gear and headed to another barracks on the post. A security risk? I couldn't believe it. This was definitely not how I expected my graduation day from basic training. To play out. Now there were a couple of lessons I learned during this stage of my army life. Lesson number one, expect to be blindsided in life. Now if you're like me, you like to plan, you like to know what your options are and arrange your future, it makes you feel like you're in control. But life often brings events that you didn't plan on or even consider. God's Word says, For those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. All things? Even being a security risk? Yep. 
God is in control. So don't be surprised when you get blindsided. Look forward to what God has in store for you. Lesson number two, tell the truth. I signed that document to get out of basic training over half a century ago. And you know what? It still bothers me. And if you knew your way around the government's record systems, you could find that paper, or more likely a digital version of it, with my signature on it saying that I had done the live fire drill. It was a lie. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Those are good lessons. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others. And in the next episode, I'll share with you how the Army chose to deal with a security risk. And I'll share with you probably one of the more important lessons I learned in the Army. In fact, it's probably one of the more important lessons I learned in my life. Now, before I go, I'd like to share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Number 624 to 26.